Good morning and welcome to our online service here at Brighton Road Baptist Church. My name is Tim Carter and I'm delighted that you're able to join us. I'm going to lead you now in a prayer that just invites God to be with you wherever you happen to be at this moment in time. Immortal God, you are high and exalted. Come down to us and bring us your love. Saviour Jesus, you reach out to embrace the needy. Come alongside us, heal us with your love. Holy Spirit of light and life, come now and bring that light and life to us. And may our worship reflect the love that you pour into our hearts. Amen. And as we listen to our first worship song this morning, why not ask God to reveal his love for you through these words?
Can I lead you in prayer? Loving God, you have made the world in which we live and you have given us life. And so, Heavenly Father, we praise and adore you. Generous God, through Jesus' life and his death upon the cross, you have shown us the wonder and the cost of love. And so, risen Lord Jesus, we praise and adore you. Creator God, through your life-giving spirit, you renew and empower us to live as your children. And so, Holy Spirit of love and hope and joy and peace, we praise and adore you. And servant God, we're sorry that we so readily squander life and its possibilities. We've missed opportunities for service and witness. We've misused and neglected the gifts which you have entrusted to us. Forgive us. Our love of you has been half-hearted. Our love of others, unworthy of you. Change us. Let the glory of the loving service that you've shown to us in Jesus shine through our lives, restoring us, renewing us, changing us. Give us the confidence we lack in your life-giving spirit to do a new thing among us and within us. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who loved us, gave himself for us and rose again from the dead to make all things new. Amen. The reading is taken from Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
Our second reading is taken from 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 11. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power for ever and ever. Amen. As a church, we support the work of Bible Society here in the UK and around the world. Today is Bible Sunday for 2020, so in our prayers this morning, we're going to pray especially for this ministry. Let's pray. Almighty God and loving Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in thankfulness and praise and pause for a moment to ponder the awesome truth that Christ Jesus gave up the splendour of heaven and made himself nothing, that we might be restored to a right relationship with you and called your children. We thank you that in Christ your love came down to us, and in the midst of all the turmoil around us, we thank you that we can cling to your promise that nothing can separate us from that love. And as we give you thanks and praise, we pray that you will stir our hearts to share this wonderful news with others, wherever you have put us. On this Bible Sunday, we pray especially for Bible mission around the world. Please grant fresh vision, courage and perseverance to all those involved in translating and distributing your word throughout the world. We pray for Bible translation projects like the Bench Translation in Ethiopia and ask that you will enable translation teams to work together effectively to bring these projects to completion so that people who have been waiting eagerly to read your word in their own language may rejoice in receiving it, be built up in their faith by reflecting on it, and be equipped to share the good news about Jesus in their communities through it. And we pray for the ongoing printing and distribution of millions of Bibles around the world each year, that you will touch and transform lives for good as your spirit works in and through the reading of your word. We thank you for Bible Society programmes here in the UK like Open the Book in schools and the Bible course for adults and we pray that in the climate of fear and uncertainty caused by the pandemic many children and adults will find new life and hope as their lives are transformed by encountering Jesus in your word. And we pray for Bible mission in our prisons we thank you that over two and a half thousand Bibles have been given to prisoners here over the last year. And we pray that many of them will find forgiveness and freedom by putting their trust in Jesus. 
We pray for all those connected to prisons, for prisoners and their families, victims of crime and their communities, people working in the criminal justice system, and the many people involved in caring for those affected by crime. And we ask that your peace will reign in their hearts, especially at a time when many prisoners have been locked in their cells for up to 23 hours a day to limit the spread of the virus. And as the concept of lockdown has broken out of the prisons and become a part of all of our experience, we pray for ourselves, that we will fix our eyes on Jesus and cast all our anxiety on him, being confident that you, the God of all grace, care for us and will restore us and make us strong, firm and steadfast. In you we put our trust. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Luke 14, chapters 1 to 11. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of the he was being carefully watched. There, in front of him, was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees, an expert in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and went on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? They had nothing to say. When he noticed the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted.
years ago when my sister was getting married I witnessed something which if I'm absolutely honest I don't think I've seen in any other wedding ceremony that I've attended there was my sister and my soon-to-be brother-in-law standing at the front and we bridesmaids were standing slightly behind and two of those bridesmaids were preschoolers who had spied some rather lovely chairs all around they were just plain pews but these chairs look so much more inviting and so they sat themselves down on these rather lovely chairs. All was fine until it came to the part of the ceremony for the bridal couple to sit down. The chief bridesmaid had been trying to entice them off but with no success and now my sister and her now husband had nowhere to sit. Despite this neither girl was wanting to vacate their claim. A won't move! was the cry that rang out louder and louder. I won't move! To which they were rather unceremoniously and very publicly picked up and removed. The passage we turn to is one where Luke recounts the time when Jesus is invited to a rather swanky meal. We read in chapter 14 verse 1, one Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. So, here we find Jesus dining with a social elite. It's interesting that Jesus never refused any man's invitation to hospitality. Whoever you are, whatever your background, whatever you've done, if you invite Jesus, he will come. In this case, he accepted even though he would have known that despite giving the appearance of friendship, the invitation had been extended so that as Clark says, the Pharisee might have a more favourable opportunity of watching his conduct, that he might accuse him and take away his life. So there Jesus is, amongst those that feign friendship, mentally noting any moment Jesus puts a foot wrong. But Jesus too is a keen observer. In verse 7, we read that Jesus notices how the guests pick the places of honour at the table. What were these places? The chief seats. Plummer writes that in the mixture of Jewish, Roman, Greek and Persian cultures at that time, we can't really be sure which were the chief seats. However, Jewish writing in the Talmud had three seats of significance. The central one was chief, the one on the right, second, and the one on the left, third in rank. To be sat at these was a great honour. Whatever the protocol being observed here, Jesus is witness to a rather vulgar scramble among the guests, each jockeying with the others for the better place. It is this that prompts him to tell the brief parable we find in verses 8 to 11. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come to say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important seat. I mean, can you imagine? Could you imagine going to a wedding reception and seeing where the, uh, the bride and groom are going to be and seat yourself at the top table? I mean, you just wouldn't, would you? It's just not the dumb thing. Because, of course, someone would come up to you and rather politely have to ask you to move. 
And that's because that's where the father or mother was intended or some such dignitary. How embarrassing would that be? Well, what are we to do instead? Jesus says in verse 10. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. He then concludes in verse 11. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus is giving his fellow guests and in turn us a lesson in humility. It would not have been an unfamiliar one to the listeners for in Jewish scriptures, the book of Proverbs 25 verse 6, we read, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence and do not claim a place amongst his great men. It is better for him to say, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. So in the light of this, we need to ask ourselves two questions. Firstly, and quite simply, what is meant by humility? Well, the dictionary says it comes from the Latin humilis, meaning low, and is the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance. It's a quality that's much valued in scripture. In Proverbs, again, this time in chapter 11, verse 2, we see when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Humility is a quality then to be sought. We also need to be mindful of what it is not. It is not about putting yourself down in a depressive way. I'm useless. I've nothing to offer. I don't matter. That would be a denial of, of the love and value that God has as one of his children. Nor is it to be false modesty that can be easily seen through, if not by those people around you, then certainly by God. No, humility is not necessarily our natural state, but it is a behaviour we are certainly to adopt. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, we are to clothe um, yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. Well, this leads us to our second question. How can we clothe ourselves in humility? Or to put it another way, how can we live in humility? William Barclay suggests two things. One, realising the facts. And two, comparison with the perfect. So what does it mean to realise the facts when it's talking about humility? Well, by this, I believe that he, uh, Barclay means that we need to be honest about ourselves. To acknowledge I'm overly interested in my personal status, even though I'm not someone who always gets it right. I don't know it all. I do make mistakes and sometimes I make, I make life difficult for those around me by my temper my thoughtlessness and lack of consideration. Sometimes we find ourselves at, at that point of honesty, but that in itself can lead us astray. In his book, The Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis uh, writes imaginary letters from a senior devil called Screwtape to a junior devil, giving him advice on how to handle his human charge or patient, as he puts it. Screwtape has become quite alarmed to hear that the patient has become humble 
and suggests the junior devil make the patient aware of this. We read, catch him at the moment when he is really poor in spirit and smuggle into his mind the gratifying reflection, by Jove, I'm being humble. And almost immediately, pride, pride at his own humility, will appear. We need to be honest about ourselves and see just how easily we fall into the sin of pride. And then we are to compare ourselves with the perfect. Christ, unlike us, was perfect and without sin. And as Philippians reminds us, Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made into human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Of all the people that need not be humble, well, God does things in such an opposite way to us, doesn't he? We seek praise, honour and status and think ourselves great for having them. God, who actually has all these in abundance, becomes a servant to all. Jesus is our perfect example of humility. Being like him is what should occupy us. Not grasping and jockeying for position that actually isn't even ours to have. The message version of our text says, if you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. My sister's two little bridesmaids took seats that were not theirs to have. They'd usurped the bride and groom. But it's easy to point the finger and spot the lack of humility in others whilst ignoring God's truth ourselves. Our pride can attempt to usurp God from his rightful place in our lives and that way lies our ruin. If we're to be followers of Christ and live a life in harmony with others then we must be honest about who we are and look to Christ's supreme example and as Paul wrote, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We can have no better example of humility.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.